is worthy of blessing and honor and glory and power. And we continue on in our series today, Greater, as we study through the book of Hebrews. So take out your Bible or your bulletin. If you need one, raise your hand. One of our ushers will be sure to get you one because the scripture is right in here. Hebrews 11, and we're going to jump in at verse 8, 8 to 16 today. The faith of Abraham. Starting with verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he set out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he stayed for a time in the land he had been promised, as in a foreign land, living in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. By faith, he received power of procreation, even though he was too old and Sarah herself was barren, because he considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one person, and this one as good as dead, Descendants were born, as many as the stars of the heaven and as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. All of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. They confessed that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of the land that that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Indeed, he was, has prepared a city for them. The word of the Lord. In the Wesley Study Bible, I found a note that says this. Faithful living is a series of choices, decisions, commitments, and changes that can move us toward God. And throughout this series on Hebrews, we have been focusing on our God who is greater than all. Jesus is Lord and Savior. And as we have faith in Jesus, as we focus on the one who is greater, we move toward God. And in this passage, we focus on the faith of Abraham. And of course, many of us who have read these stories or heard these stories will remember this is one of the greatest examples of faith that we can recall. But before we take time to glean from this passage, it's helpful to be reminded of Abraham's story. Now, in my work with youth and children over all these years, I have learned the value of learning how to be concise and clear in presenting the truth. And in fact, it's something that out of seminary, you have to learn pretty quickly, especially when you're teaching a story to a preschool class. So in short, and with the help of 
Elizabeth Caldwell and Carol Wertheim, authors of Growing in God's Love, a children's Bible, here is a simple and straight to the point summary that why create one on myself when somebody else has already done it even better? So I, in some ways, feel like I, I'm sitting in a little chair right now with a picture book before you. Go with it. <laughs> Abram and Sarai lived in Haran, where their families had always lived. They knew everyone, and everyone knew them. They were comfortable. Then God came up with a new plan for them. He said, I want you to move to a new country. I've got a new home for you there. I've got a new life for you. I've got a new work for you to do. I want you to live in your new country and work there. Just be living there and doing good. You will make everyone's life better. By faith, Abram obeyed. They got to the new country. God met them there. God changed his name to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. And then the writers say, so Abraham and Sarah started all over in their new country, just like many immigrants do today. They had a new place to live. They had new names. They had a new family. And before too long, they began to feel at home. Now, of course, there's so much more to the story of Abraham, but this gives us a great frame of reference for the words to come. And what we must remember in the book of Hebrews is that the writer is rereading this story and many other stories of the Old Testament, and his slant is all about the bigger picture of Jesus. It's often an imaginative retelling, not just a simple statement. And so the writer of the Hebrews in this passage clearly outlines the attributes of faith that we dare not miss if we are to move toward God. And in the process, I found eight different attributes. In your own study, you may find even more. So I put a little note-taking guide if you're, if you're into that or you want something to do while you're listening to this or a way to take notes, and you can fill in those blanks, or you can listen and fill them in later, or grab onto the one that speaks to you the most. And we'd love to go through these all in detail, but we won't have time. But I will, they will uh, plant seeds in our, in our life. The first one is in verse 8, where it says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to set out for a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. So obedience is that first attribute. You know, faith is marked by obedience. How many times have we been delivered from worse injuries or bad decisions by blindly, and I mean that in a good sense, by blindly and boldly trusting somebody who knew better, somebody who put their arm out and we actually stopped. By faith, Abraham obeyed. We'll never know if this was an immediate or after some deliberation, but we know in the end, he obeyed. And it is true that often before faith comes doubt. Doubt is an entrance to faith. Moving from doubt to faith brings conviction, and Abraham had that conviction. The second attribute, not knowing where we are going 
verse 8 also says, and he set out not knowing where he was going. Now, lately, I've been having lots of discussions for whatever reason with people of my generation remembering the days before GPS. <laughs> yes, we did have maps on stone tablets. No, not really. <laughs> but we didn't get to see a planned route or what it might look like when we arrived. I remember stopping at gas stations because for some reason I thought people that worked at gas stations always knew where everything was. <laughs> and Abraham like us, didn't know where he was going at times. And the same was true for Isaac and Jacob. Abraham did not know, yet he set out. Would you, would, would I be willing to do that if God called us to go where we didn't even know where we were going? Third attribute, heirs with those to follow. Verse nine, the second part of that it says by faith he stayed for a long time in the land he had been promised as in a foreign land living in tents as did Isaac and Jacob who were heirs with this with him of the same promise now Isaac and Jacob would also be heirs of this promise and it did not stop Abraham because he had this sense that there was a lot more to come that there were there was community that there would be other people who would see this promise fulfilled. I read a little quote by Robert Louis Stevenson that said, it's better to travel hopefully than to arrive. That's an interesting one, isn't it? And that's what Abraham was doing, traveling hopefully. We can have hope because we join others in having hope. That's the beauty of the church, isn't it? Look at all these people around. We have hope together. We're not in this alone. The fourth attribute, looking forward to a city with foundations, architect and builder who is God. And it says in verse 10, for he looked forward to the city that has foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Do you ever get fascinated with what it takes to build step by step? Now, I know some of you out here, this is your living so you really get, you better be fascinated with it, right? Some of you may know, Nancy and I live in Carpinteria, so every day I'm watching, well, trying to watch the road. At the same time, I'm fascinated with what is going on with all of this construction. And we quickly realize that if you don't do it step by step, you're going to have to tear things back out and you're going to cause problems. And in this, Abraham was looking for a solid foundation, and it required not just a builder, but an architect as well. We want to travel on a solid road. We want to live in a solid house. Abraham was keeping his eye on an unseen city with real and eternal foundations. We have that in our future when we live by faith. The fifth attribute, recognizing God as faithful who had promised. In verse 11, it says, by faith, he received the power of procreation, even though he was too old. And Sarah herself was barren because he considered him faithful who had promised. Now, there was a president in the past who seemed, in my opinion, to have a more realistic approach to making promises. He seemed to understand that as a human, he was limited, 
So instead of always saying, I promise, he said, I will do my level best. In Abraham's faith journey, he recognized that there was only one person who could and would fulfill a promise perfectly. Abraham recognized God as faithful who had promised. Now, I want to stop for a moment because with the, the writer takes a little turn here. He's directly talking about Abraham. And when we get into verses 13 to 16, the writer pauses their person-by-person -person account of the faithful to bring out certain implications they wish for the hearer to receive and at the same time continuing this theme of the attributes of Abraham. So as we're reading these next ones, realize the, the writer is starting to make some more commentary as well. So attribute number six is that greeting promises from a distance. Verse 13, all of these died in faith without having received the promises, but from a distance they saw and greeted them. I have been thinking about this all week. Anybody who's been on the phone with me or in email has probably heard of what is this? This guy is really onto this, right? But you know how when you're reading the word of God, it's something jumps out at you in a whole new way. I know I've read this passage, who knows how many times. But this was something that God really uh, inspired in me as a seed. Because it's, you, as you see here, they saw the promises way off in the distance. And in some versions it says, they waved their greeting. I'm looking at Travis way back there. He's way but waved their greeting. Abraham knew he would probably not see the promise in full. And the life of faith calls us to take the long view of life. Oh, that we would live long enough in this temporal life to see all that God has promised us. Yet, eternity fulfills the greatest of all the promises. About now, don't we all need a promise? We've been through so much together. Our world has been through so much. And there are promises out in the distance and God is calling us to wave at those. Or sometimes I kind of think of the image of the, the NBA player running down the court after this guy scores this great basket, but the guy who passed him the ball and the shooter goes, yeah, points. I feel like, it's a, yeah, God, thanks for that promise. It's out there. I don't know that I'll ever see it in my life, but your promises are eternal. To wave, to acknowledge to be there. The seventh attribute, confessing that we are strangers and foreigners on this earth. Verse 13, it says, they confess that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. For people who speak in this way make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. You know, when we're willing to wave to the promises, to greet them, we are able to expect, to accept the fact that we are strangers and foreigners on this earth. The writer to the Hebrew uses three vivid Greek words about not only Abraham, but all the patriarchs. The first one is defined as a stranger or foreigner. The fate of the stranger was hard, regarded with hatred and suspicion. And in fact, in, in Sparta, they, it was the equivalent of being a barbarian. 
So that's one of the Greek definitions. A second Greek definition is a sojourn or a resident alien, always an outsider, barely above a person who's been enslaved. And a third definition is a permanent home somewhere else. No settled place they could call home. So when we read these words, they confess that they were strangers and foreigners on the earth. May all those meanings add depth to what they were feeling. When we have faith in Christ, we should expect to be uncomfortable in this world. There must be more. Those promises are out there to be waved at, to be greeted. And finally, the eighth attribute, think forward lest you want to return to what was behind. Verse 15 to 16 says, if they had been thinking of the land that they had left behind, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. We all know it's so easy to look back. Back sometimes seems comfortable. The Israelites, in their moments of trial in the wilderness, they were willing to go back to being enslaved because they thought it would be better than their journey to the promised land. People of faith, though, desire a better country. We look forward, not backwards. We desire a heavenly country, knowing the work and life of faith may be challenging, but the promise of God is heaven country. I read a quote that said, in faith we trust the unseen to be more real because it is eternal. We trust the unseen to be more real because it is eternal. Jesus came to give us hope and a better picture of what is real through his death and his resurrection. So our celebration of the Eucharist of communion this morning is a remembrance of the faith we can have in the one who promises to always, always be with us as we enter into this common union in his suffering and death for us. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.